little word of warning that this podcast contains swears and use of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18 or anyone who thinks men's work means a trip to B&Q. I'm ahead of the game. Hello all and welcome back to The Smut Drop. This is your weekly roundup to the more eccentric side of sex and relationships from metro.co.uk. I'm Miranda Kane and on this week's show we're going to be looking at how to have transcendental sex, chatting about men's work with James Mattingly and checking out your stories of self-help gone wrong. If you like what you hear then please rate, review or at least subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and I hope you're ready because I'm about to open the flaps to my yurt of iniquity. Hello, 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 dearest listener. Okay, quick question. Have you ever had transcendental sex? Okay, all right. (laughs) You may have seen some Billy Big Bollocks on reality TV say, oh, I do transcendental sex. Yeah, it means I can have orgasms without ejaculating. Like, that makes him special. (laughs) Sorry, mate, but I can do that. And so can half the population. But Jessica Alderson, relationship expert and co-founder of So Synced, tells Metro.co.uk that transcendental sex actually involves reaching a higher state that goes beyond what you know to be ordinary. It can feel like a spiritual experience where your sense of reality changes. You might feel an innate sense of serenity or connection. You may even feel that your senses are heightened or that your problems have miraculously disappeared. Some people report seeing visions or feeling transported to another place. Now, I don't know about you, listener, but that sounds great. And a lot like vodka. So is it worth trying? Jessica says that if sex plays a major role in your life and relationships, it could be worth giving it a go. However, there's no guarantee that you'll achieve this state and it may require persistent effort. So be prepared to put the work in. You will need to be completely at one with yourself and your partner. Jessica says that your level of connection has to have real depth. It needs to be multi-dimensional in the sense that it should involve emotional, mental and physical attraction. Fundamentally, transcendental sex is about having an unparalleled connection with your partner, being present in the moment and feeling a profound sense of acceptance. Look, I am not going to say that this is all sounding like the same feeling you get when you meet drunk girls in the bathroom at nightclubs, but that really is a special connection (laughs) and one where you will definitely end up in a weird place in the morning. For anyone looking to expand their minds and their sex lives, head over to the metro.co.uk and check out the article, What is Transcendental Sex and How Do You Do It? But obviously not before you've listened to my fabulous chat with this week's guest. 
Ladies and gentlemen, gays and theys, we love a bit of masculinity on the smut drop, but it's easy to give it a bad rap. Fortunately, this week's guest has been delivering workshops that use movement, reflection and boxing to empower healthy masculinity. I've invited him on to discuss how we can all release our warrior within and get an idea of what men's work is and how it can help build stronger relationships. It's James Mattingly. Hello, James. Hey, Miranda. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Ah, no problem. Okay, first question. I've got to dive right in. What is men's work? Because I tried Googling it and all I got were adverts for DIY. So please help me. (laughs) (laughs) Is that true? Did you really? Yeah, yeah. It was all like Al being cute. and (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. In the year of our Lord 2023, DIY is still done by the boys. I guess so. Well, ironically, I'm horrible at DIY. <laughs> but on the on the other side of things, I have some experience. I think there's many ways you could explain men's work, but I think probably the best way is to say it's a realm of learning, of education, that focuses on what are considered more yang pursuits or masculine pursuits. Okay. So coming back to centeredness, coming back to groundedness, there's a lot within it. But in general, men's work is looking at what it is to have a healthy, embodied masculine. And that's the topic of learning itself. Mm, what's, a, what's a healthy, embodied masculine? And why is that different to what we often hear from these purveyors of nonsense that, <laughs> that are saying things like alpha male or you, you, you know the types? How, what is what you're saying different to those? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, it's so individually, uh, it it depends on the man that's coming to the work. Let's say to make it simple, you have a scale. On one scale, you have the protein chugging, jacked up, gym going, alpha male, muscles make right kind of thing. And on, on the other end of the scale, you have the super feeling, Lululemon wearing, man bun wearing. We have a lot of these in Uber. You, you can't throw a yoga mat without hitting somebody with a man, man bun. Yeah. And you have the scale from one to the other. Now, it's really important, before I say anything else, is that I'm making fun with it, but both these ways of living are equally valid and there's nothing wrong with either of them. But what men's work aims to, to, to go for, for me, is to say, well, how can you have the, the benefits of strength mentally, physically? How can you have the ability to hold a strong spine but also be incredibly receptive and feeling at the same time. So it's almost the cliche of the warrior poet. Mm. That would be the line that you're walking. Okay. And is this something that is a physical thing for like sex coaching or is it a inner thing for relationship coaching? Because you do a bit of both. That's correct. It can be both and either. Okay. So describe what you're what you're doing with men's work. Is it workshops? Are people coming to the gorgeous Bali and being able to do a bit of yoga and retreating and boxing? What happens with your retreats? Sure. Well, with the, the men's work that we're running right now, I run it with a good a good brother of mine. We basically teach men how to punch each other in the face with love. <laughs> Right, rewind, go back. How does this happen? (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Most men, I can't speak for women on this, but most men, if you ask them about some of the most embarrassing and emasculating moments of their life, 
they often revolve around a physical altercation where they were beaten, they were made fun of. Uh, I, God, I remember, <laughs> I remember being in my, my student flat in Dunedin in New Zealand and I was sitting out on the porch and across the road, a, a jacked up drunken student frat boy, a New Zealand version of a frat boy was walking down the side of the street and I just looked up at him. I didn't say anything. He looks at me and goes, what the fuck are you? And he runs up to me and gets right in my face. And this is going back many years. I didn't have any martial training. I didn't know how to hold my own sunset. And I was terrified. And to make matters both better and worse, the very next moment, my little five foot nothing female flatmate that's like a bulldog comes out, stands in between us and goes, no, what the fuck are you looking at? Right. And this guy just totally wilted and walked away. Yeah. And I was so thankful for her coming to my aid in that moment. But I was also so emasculated. It it cut into my soul in a way that's hard to describe. And most men, when you ask them at a moment where they felt the lowest or most emasculated, it's something like this is a physical alteration. So the experience of aggression is either gone into fully and overwhelmed in an unhealthy way, or is shied away from as something that's not okay and not an area to be as if being angry or if having a long a lot of life force coming through your system is not an okay thing and it's totally mm. moved away from so the work that we do in these these uh ubud fight club we call them the workshops is to create a container that feels safe enough to experience what it's like to punch or be punched to be hit or be hit to be in combat to be in confrontation with another man but do so in a way that you're fighting for the man opposite you rather than against him. Okay, because it does sound slightly controversial because you're always told to shy, you know, that violence isn't, shouldn't be the answer, and but you're saying to to punch the guy, but punch for him. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to admit I don't quite understand that. <laughs> you saying like i'm gonna smash you in the face but then give you a hug brother like what what happened i I think you'd be amazed miranda when it's done the right way so it's not like here's the boxing gloves here's your mouth guard go at it yeah when it's gone uh when it's held in a certain way and it's approached incrementally what happens is you'll see two guys and they'll go in there but they might be terrified because they might Mm. have never had any experience five minutes later yeah the smiling there's life force. There's a huge amount of love at the end of this experience. They're hugging one another. They're feeling more excited about the world because there's this feeling of going into a very extreme physical edge and mm. coming out the other side. Okay. Okay. I mean, it does sound a bit like like Fight Club, but without <laughs> the <laughs> the political intentions. But I guess they. But there is that thing, like with men, though, where fighting is there there is all this thing around fighting and around combat which you don't really get to do outside of environments like a boxing ring or somewhere that's quite a controlled way and certainly not somewhere you use it to explore your emotions is that something that you're you do is that is that right that it's kind of like oh yeah it's boxing but with emotions like Exactly. That's a great way to put it. My background is working with men's teachers like uh, David Dato or Eli Buran or Chris Sonata, some of the leaders within the field. So I bring a lot of that work into it. It's not just boxing all day long. 
um, there's introspection and reflection woven into it. It's like what happens when you just, Jesus, what, what happens when you just stand in front of another man and look him in the eyes and say nothing? Even that's confrontational for most guys, you know. Yeah, that's a very difficult. I think that's very difficult for anyone just to have to stand there and make eye contact. But that might be that might be my ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think you're right. Even on our couples retreat, you know, people that have been married for years have been in a relationship for years. We ask them just to sit opposite each other and look at each other's eyes and immediately it becomes, the air becomes thick with a little bit of awkward. Yeah, you have to sort of like smile through it or something or like give yourselves a little giggle. So does this help with couples? Does this help with relationships or is it more just like for the men and the men only? Yeah, no, I think it definitely helps. It helps on a number of levels. So there's a certain level of concepts you have to buy into for this to make sense. And I don't expect everyone to buy into them. And they're not necessarily true. I've just noticed they work in my life and with the men that I work with them. So if you look at the masculine practices, and this, this can be for any gender, any orientation, they generally fall into two categories. One is of challenge and one is of consciousness. So consciousness is the ability to mm. be one, <laughs> you know, meditation, qigong. Um, challenge, usually physical, is the ability to push yourself towards an edge and keep on expanding physically. You, it could be going for a run, it could be push-ups. And there's a certain aspect of the dedication and the doing the thing that you feel uncomfortable to do, but doing anyway, that relates to the alpha or the masculine arts. Mm. So what happens with men that tend to be uh, particularly like a little bit lost or not in their purpose or in their direction or they feel beaten down by life or in their relationship they lose this mm. undercurrent of life force that runs through their body their their chi their prana and just going for a run may not scratch that itch now you put them in a workshop with other men that are there to do something of a similar aim where they're fighting for one another and you put them into combat it lights this spark inside of them that brings an aliveness to the eyes and it reminds them of a deep part of who they are, this challenge aspect of masculine practice. I think that's so, it's such a good way of looking at it because we do have a lot of people, and especially men, I think, who are lost and don't really know what their purpose is. You know, and that could be whether when someone's lost their job or they've come out of a relationship or something. It seems to be that you get a lot of guys. Well, my sort of um, I guess my experience has been when I've met men on like dating and they've just gone, oh, yeah, well, I'm doing all these dating apps because I've just come out of a relationship. And it's like and I don't really know who I am and what I want. And it's like, well, don't don't go out into the world for another day when you don't know who you are and what you want. Like you're relying on me to tell you that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's not a great, it's not a great opening line, you know? No, I'd much rather they said, I've been to Bali. I've worked on my Qigong and I punched <laughs> a bloke in the face with love. Exactly. <laughs> How did you start with UBUD and, and men's work? Have you created workshops or was it been like different teachings that you've pulled in? Yeah, it's a bit of both. I went to a, a workshop that changed my life many years ago here in Ubud with a, mm. a teacher I still train with, Eli Burin, um, who's a fantastic embodies, embodied men's coach. 
he also does couples work. And then I started training with his teacher, David Data. A lot of people may recognize that name. He's, he's quite well known within the space. And that had been an ongoing practice. And then going back a few years now, a friend of mine, we, we actually met and just realized how much we had in common. And one of the things is we both had martial practice. So like, why don't we get together, put in the gloves and hit each other for a while? You know, <laughs> so we do exactly that. And afterwards we're like, man, I feel great. How do you feel? He's like, I feel great. And then we do it again. I feel great. And what we noticed is mm. no matter how shit we felt going into it, no matter how down we felt, particularly no matter how in our heads we felt like disconnected from our bodies and life by the end of this mutual combat, we were not trying to hurt each other, but we are trying to aliven each other would feel much better would feel more alive, mm. would feel more in our bodies. So we thought, man, this is something that we need to share. We need to give. And we created this workshop mm. that we've been running for a few years now. I love that you put it that way, that it's a way of enlivening yourselves and not hurting yourselves. I think that's something that's really important for anyone listening to remember, that it's not a way of just going, right, we just get to fight carte blanche. It's a way for you to develop yourselves and to get in touch with your own emotional intelligence. Yes. If you were back in in New Zealand and the guy was coming at you and on one corner you've got your five foot mate, you can see her running in and it's all gone a bit slow motion. What would be your first instinct now? Now that you've gone through <laughs> these workshops, what would you what would you do? Oh, that's fun. that's a fantastic question. <laughs> Honestly, right now, the first thing that comes up is I might let it play out exactly as it was. Because in and what it was, it was beautiful. Like I can separate from the shame I felt the moment and be like, what an amazing thing. What a, what a brave and powerful thing that this woman, my flatmate in this case, did for me yeah. and put herself in arm's way to do it. I'm like, so I'd probably just let it play out. <laughs> Look, the reason I think martial application or fighting outside of what we're doing, what we're doing is different because we're bringing consciousness, awareness and reflection, but just the practice of martial arts for men or for women is so valuable is because when you you don't want the first fight you're in to be the first fight you're in, <laughs> it's already it's 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 already too late, you know. Yeah. Like and yeah, what you want is the ability to train your central nervous system so you can walk more confidently. And and what it mm. what it means in reality is you you'll get into way way less situations, dodgy situations because you simply carry yourself in a different way. Mm, my a friend, it reminds me of a friend of mine, he started boxing a few years ago and he said that the first lesson they tell you is just to is just to get punched in the nose because that's what everyone's really afraid of. That's why it's like cats, isn't it? None of them actually want to have a scrap. So they stand there going, wow, at each other. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just like, if you just get punched in the nose, then you know what it feels like. You've got it over and done with and let's crack on. But in a more emotional, intelligent kind of a way. <laughs> totally. I mean, um, I wouldn't look to him for life advice, but the Mike Tyson did, did, no. did say um, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. <laughs> That's very true. And it's very good. And what, what's fascinating, Miranda, is these, these men will have these experiences and that they're big. They can be really big. Like if you got bullied as a kid by other men, yeah, it's a big shame pocket there, right? So to be received in your warriorship, regardless of how well you handle yourself, we take care of that aspect. Then 
the the release is quite big. So you go from this moment where men are in combat and the next moment there'll just be tears streaming down their face. Mm. You know? And they'll be held equally in both emotions. Mm. That's the that's the challenge, I think, for a lot of men you mentioned before about not being alive or being out of purpose. Well, on one hand, you grow up in a society like New Zealand and the messaging is if you cry, go eat a teaspoon of concrete so you can harden the fuck up, mm. right? So you have on one hand you have this and then you have on the other hand you have not these, don't be so sensitive, right? Like you can't be sensitive because that's not acceptable as a man. Mm. And on the other hand you have perhaps more emotional uh, like Chandler from Friends, right? The funny type of guy. And it just leaves a very narrow bandwidth as a man to be within. Mm. And I think anywhere on that bandwidth is okay. You choose the type of man you want to be. But without having an expression to both realms, you don't have much of a choice. No, that's very true. Who are the kind of men who are coming to the retreats? What kind of like stage of, of life are they in? We've had all sorts. We've had uh, most ages. We've had as young as, believe it or not, 13. He was an unusual case. Wow, 13. He he came with his caregiver, his father figure, and he had actually had boxing experience. So we made an exception for him. And honestly, he was uh, amazing. And I think um, the oldest that has come is mid to late 40s. Mm. We are in Bali. So Bali does attract a certain... They're already an openness to introspection, usually. So it's somebody on the path somewhere along. Yeah. Has there ever been anyone that you're that you've had to sit down and really explain that this isn't just about punching to hurt people? It's about an emotional, you know, building the qigong and the emotional intelligence around, around, I guess, around brotherhood. Really. Surprisingly, no. We've had, I've had to step in when two guys are sparring, but it's a really common thing to step in and just show the impact that he's having the other man. Yeah. Because they get so caught up in it, you don't see that the other man's gone past his limit. Yeah. So you, you want to go into the sympathetic nervous system, but you don't want to overwhelm until they're, they're carrying. It does no good if they're all covered up and turning away. So there's moments you have to step in and be like, hey, look at this man. Yeah. Look at the effect you're having. And then what do you need to do? And then they'll always back off. So surprisingly, no. Are there any challenges? Because you're, you're, it's quite um, it's quite a thing you're asking, I think. But it, what are like some of the big challenges that men face when they're trying to get in contact with their, their healthy masculinity? The biggest challenge is some kind of internal question of, is it okay mm. to be a man? Is it okay when I'm told that when full masculine power is often labeled as toxic and toxic is something that is very real in the world. Mm. But when the baby's thrown out with the bathwater, it says, is it okay just to be, to, to yell, to scream? Is it okay to use my full power? Will I be accepted here? And then if I do, and I feel emotional afterwards, is it okay to feel emotional? Mm. So at both ends of the spectrum, that's the biggest challenge. Can I let out my full power when the moment is right to let out your full power? And can I show my full heart and be accepted by other men? We love a bit of a, a how-to. So what would be your first three steps 
for men listening to this to start getting in contact with their with their inner warrior and to start developing their healthy masculinity? Well, going back to what I mentioned before, there's two two types of broadly masculine masculine practices through any tradition, masculine yang alpha, you can give it whatever name you want. One is consciousness and one is challenge. So if there were three things to do, the first one is meditate. Mm. I don't know how people just don't meditate. <laughs> I just realized <laughs> how crazy my head is when I wake up. Like I realize how crazy my head is because I meditate. But if I didn't know that, I would just believe that I'm as crazy as my mind tells me. Yeah. <laughs> so in terms of consciousness, meditation, whatever form that you like is such a valuable tool. And it separates you a little bit from the mind and brings you back into the present moment. So that would be one. With a challenge practice, it can be whatever you want, but pick something physical that you can push your own limit. Maybe that's doing one extra push-up. Maybe that's walking one extra kilometer. Maybe that's putting more weights on. But a dedicated practice where you get to feel the satisfaction within your body of doing something that you couldn't do last week. Mm. It's like climbing a mountain. It just feels freaking good. And the third one, and I think this is the most important, is just to remember it's okay, man. You're okay. You can be any type of man that you want to be. There is no right way to be a man. The aim is not to change you or shape you into anything. The aim is to have you feel more alive and more grounded and rested in your bones, not to look like something outside. That's such a that's such a great bumper sticker. I think it's okay, man. <laughs> it's okay, man. It's okay, man. Be whatever man you want to be. That's fine. Yeah, I love totally. that. Oh, thank you so much, James. Do you run the uh, the retreats, the U Bud retreats, all year round? Um, and where can people find you? Yeah, pretty much. We run them once a month in Ubud. We also, with my wife, I bring in a lot of the this work in a different way into the couples retreats you interviewed Megan a few few weeks ago I think Brendo show Megan Lambert yes exactly so together we run couples retreats so we can also we also bring a lot of the men's work with the men and Megan works with the women and then we come together and we let the the magic happen and you can find me at probably Instagram is the easiest uh, at James dot Mattingly I think gosh I don't know my own handle (laughs) and uh, jamesmattingly.com for the website brilliant we'll pop it all in the show notes and I think I think that sounds really interesting that sounds like something would it be something that you'd ever I guess I don't know would it be something that you'd work with women with I know it's all about masculinity but I'd love no well hey look look again masculinity is such a poor term for what I'm trying to put it yeah. on, but it's an energy that we all have right like we all have the ability to go yang we all have the ability to go yin and we all need both yeah so absolutely but the thought of it petrifies me so I'm procrastinating <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling it's terrifying so I'll do the washing up yes no that's fine exactly when you do let me know because that sounds great it sounds great it sounds really great fun and it also just sounds something that's really grounding and a way to really get the emotions out and and to help you find find that inner warrior lovely 100%. brilliant thank you so much James no worries thank you so much thanks for having me
My thanks to James Mattingly there. Oh, I thought that was so interesting. I think we don't really talk enough about masculinity in a healthy way at all, obviously. That's why we've got such a problem with the toxic shit. But I thought it was so interesting that he was talking about using combat. My first instinct was to, I think like a lot of people, was to kind of go, oh, that sounds dangerous. But if it's done in the right kind of environment and we've got, you know, we have things like boxing rings and, and but to use it as a way to get into your emotional intelligence, I thought that sounded so interesting. Uh, Anyway, come on, let's go and dive into the fun bags. This week, I wanted to know what your weirdest or most wonderful moment of self-improvement was. Did you get lost whilst trying to find yourself? Did you end up feeling like a right cult? You spilled the beans. So Claire on Instagram, she says, <laughs> she says that a girl that bullied me at school is trying to be an Instagram life coach. <gasps> Aren't they all, Claire? Aren't they all? Uh, basically, it means she's trying to sell a lot of her mentors coaching courses. Good luck with that pyramid scheme, Joanne. Oh, that was personal. <laughs> Good luck with that pyramid scheme, Joanne. <laughs> Uh, really dig it in there. Uh, Kayla. Now, Kayla says, I love a retreat. A week of yoga, meditation and veganism seems to balance out the rosé and chips I've had for the rest of the year. (laughs) That's a good way of looking at it. 51 weeks of absolute rosé and chips and then one week of yoga and meditation. That's a real life balance, Kayla. Well done. Uh, Terry with an I, they emailed to say, a boyfriend invited me to a forest bathing retreat. Oh, Um, And they went on to say, which I thought meant a long weekend of hot tubs in the new forest. Brilliant. That's exactly what I thought, Terry. But turns out it was actually a load of meditation in the woods. Oh, that's not. That's not quite as much fun as hot tubs in the new forest. Uh, And they said, not only did he not tell me what it was, but he watched me pack for a weekend of bikinis and bellinis. Needless to say, I was not impressed after the first hour of sitting on a soggy floor in the woods, getting covered in bugs. (laughs) First of all, I need a T-shirt with bikinis and bellinis on. Uh, And second of all, (laughs) I just love what you go on to say. Babe, I'm a platinum hun, a platinum hun. Babe, I'm a platinum hun. I prefer yum yums to yoga, martinis over meditation, and I am definitely not built for nature. <gasps> he said my life would change, which it kind of did because I dumped him straight after. <laughs> oh, Terry. <laughs> that is brilliant. I would definitely say that a forest bathing retreat definitely means hot tubs in the new forest with your bikinis and bellinis. Anyway, next week, I'm going to be chatting to James Barr, the host of the Gay and the Non-Gay podcast. So we're going to be talking about dating. So I want your odd couple stories. Can you beat our platinum hun and her forest bathing nature boy? Have you seen two wrongs make something oh so right? Tell me all about your opposites attracting. It's going to be Miri Kane on Instagram. That's M-I-R-I-K-A-N-E, where you can slide into my DMs or check out my stories or email smutdrop at metro.co.uk. I've been Miranda Kane. Smutdrop was produced by Pineapple Audio Production for metro.co.uk. 
www.groupthepodcast.co.uk. If you're enjoying this weekly session of group therapy, then please, please leave me a nice review. In the meantime, I'm going to be back to prick up your ears next week. And remember, don't do anything I wouldn't do. But if you do, then name it after me. Thank you.